0: She's Tori, and he's Nick.
1: And this is I Want to Rewatch
0: nx Files podcast, season three,
1: episode nine.
0: Nisei. This episode originally aired on Friday, November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five. Black Friday. Yeah. It was written by Chris Carter, Howard Gordon, and Frank Spotnitz. Ooh, my. Yeah, a lot of writers. And it yeah. was directed by David Nutter. It was filmed in British Columbia, Canada, and had a viewership of 16.36 million. And immediately before this episode, they aired a repeat of Dot com at 8 p.m.
1: You think they would want people to watch the next episode? I
0: know. What's funny, though, <laughs> I is like if this... That <laughs> This was Thanksgiving weekend, right? Which is weird for new stuff. So I guarantee yeah. you, my brothers and I had that TV on at 8 and we probably watched all the way through dot com again and then watched the new episode and we were probably like super jazzed about it.
1: Yeah. Although, I don't know. Weird that like, <laughs> show, like why would you want them to watch that episode?
0: I know. Why not air like Red Museum or something, you know, more related? Well, Red
1: Museum would have been a weird episode to air on this one just because what we're gonna get into. So like plot wise, it would be a good one, but cast wise it would be a weird one.
0: Yeah, no, I get it.
1: Yeah. So but no, it would it would have been good to re-air Red Museum. Although Red Museum was the previous, oh, well, dot com is also the previous season. So, yeah, I'm trying to get my seasons mixed up now. Yeah,
0: it's well, it's weird because like stuff keeps coming back. And so it's like, wait, was that season one? Was that season two? When, when did that happen?
1: Yeah, I think we're this is only episode nine and I keep, I think we're further into the season, which I think is missing with me too. There's it
0: feels problem. like we're further in, which is weird. And I don't know why that is. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's because we don't take a break between seasons when we record.
0: Maybe. And so it just feels like it's all blurring together. It's all one big thing. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, enough behind the scenes. Let's get to the episode. Okay. In this episode, Mulder orders an alien autopsy tape from a magazine, as you would do in the 1990s. And after viewing it, thinks he's found real footage of an alien autopsy. But as he and Scully try to learn more about the tape's origins, they find themselves uncovering a conspiracy possibly of alien abduction and recovered ufos or maybe something even more sinister anyway we're in knoxville tennessee definitely something more sinister anyway (laughs) a train is driving along a track and there's cars waiting at the intersection for the train to pass and a bunch of kids are pedaling up on their bicycles and they're like all smiling because it's a train i guess I got I to remember like kids like kids love trains I have to remember that but I'm like these kids are weird they're just all like smiling <laughs> at the train tracks but kids do like trains they and live in Knoxville
0: tra- Tennessee and they're out riding their bikes that's the most exciting thing that's going to happen to them today
1: well I hope you don't have any listeners in Knoxville Tennessee anyway so then as the train goes by on the last car which is not a caboose it's just a regular train car there's like a dude and he waving to the kids from the train and they're like waving back so it must be like Maybe the train goes by every morning or something, and so they know the guy. Anyway, a little way down the tracks, the train stops at what looks like a train depot, and the man we saw earlier, he gets off the train, and he reaches in, and he pulls a thing, and then he waves the conductor, and then the train pulls away a little bit, and he was separating the last car, and then he gets back on the train, and they go off on their train stuff, and then it's nighttime, and that car we saw is still sitting where it was left. And the camera like kind of lifts up and pans over the top. Now on the top of the car, we see the numbers eight two five nine four. And then we see two black sedans pull up next to the car, and several men get out. And then the Japanese man comes out of the train car and he greets them in Japanese and they bow. And then the man goes into one of the cars and then the other men all board the train car. And then a little bit of time has passed, we're assuming, because inside the train car. We see it looks like a medical suite, actually. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we see the men are wearing surgical scrubs. And they've got, like, these, like, gas filtration masks on and goggles and stuff. And they're working over an operating table. And they're speaking in Japanese. And then we can see whatever it is they're working on or whoever it is they're working on. The insides are green. Mm -hmm. And they seem to be draining this green fluid. Or we can't really tell which way the fluid is going. We just see the tube is full of green stuff. And then as they're working, the main door to the car opens and one of the men is like, what is this in Japanese? And this is thanks to Tori because it doesn't translate on screen, but Tori knows a little bit Japanese. So she it's it's
0: something around something there. Place. Like what is this or what's happening? It's, okay. it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we, got some, we got some translation going on. <laughs> the Japanese is very
0: bad, but like some so, of it I can kind of understand. So <laughs> yeah.
1: what's easy to translate is that the people coming into the train car are like soldiers or men in dressed like soldiers because they rush in and they've got guns. Blow all the glass out that's separating the surgery room and then also shoot all the doctors inside. And then they rush in there and then we see them putting the body that the doctors were working on to a body bag and as they go to zip it up, we see that it is a gray alienoid figure. It's an alien, basically. Ooh. And then it's the theme song. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Creepy. Yes,
1: and apparently the number on top of the train car, eight two five nine four, is the date that Chris Carter made his directorial debut. Um, <laughs> debut. I think I said it wrong in that episode, so I decided to go with it anyway. For Dwayne Barry, which means they must have filmed that episode about six weeks prior to it airing, because Dwayne Barry aired on October fourteenth,
0: nineteen
1: ninety five. So cool. It's good you know. to know. If when he started directing was august 25th
0: then yeah that's
1: about, that's about that's about six weeks so maybe seven i didn't actually go through and count it but yeah
0: yeah i figured that number had some significance but i didn't know what it was So i'm glad you
1: yeah we're gonna see another number later that there's some internet debate about what it means and kinda, <laughs> one i kind of don't care but also none of them really seem to me i think it might just be a random number but yeah um, they're both they both seem like they're kind of stretching it a little bit so okay Yeah, but we'll talk about that when we
0: get there. When we get there.
1: When we get there.
0: So then we're at the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., and Mulder's sitting at his desk in his office, and Scully comes in, and she asks what he's watching, and he says something that just came in the mail, and she looks at the screen and she remarks that it's not his usual brand of entertainment, i.e., porn. (laughs) Because <laughs> guess Mulder was just born at work I don't know why And Mulder tells her that according to the magazine ad He answered, it's an alien autopsy He paid $29.95 For the tape, plus shipping And on the screen We see the men in scrubs from the train car And Scully watches For a minute and she says, this is hokier Than the one that aired on Fox You can't even see what they're operating on So nice to get the Fox network Although the one that they aired was incredibly Hokey and that was really, a real thing.
1: Very, very meta. Very, very meta, though.
0: It's meta, but it's also kind of funny because, like, that was a real thing that aired in the 90s. <laughs> Everyone who listened to the X-Files watched it, and it was so bad. It was so bad. But I, I wanted to believe, like, Mulder. Mulder, however, thinks that this tape looks authentic, like a real autopsy. And Scully doesn't know why they'd be wearing gas masks. And Mulder says it's because of that green substance that, you know, is coming out of the tube. hmm And he asks if she can identify it. And so she jokes that it's probably like olive oil or snake oil. And she supposes that Mulder probably thinks it's alien blood. And Mulder tells her that it's actually widely held that aliens don't have blood. And she says, if this is an alien autopsy, where's the alien? Because you can't really make out like what they're doing on the table. You can't see what's on the table. But Mulder thinks that that lack of detail and the lack of like alien close-ups or footage is what makes it real the one on tv was so fake because it tried to show too much but this one isn't showing much at all and scully's like you think it's real because it doesn't show anything and he's like yes and because of this and then he fast forwards and we see the soldiers burst into the train car and then the tape cuts before we see them shoot anybody and scully's like who is selling these tapes and Mulder says it's some guy in Allentown, Pennsylvania who claims to have pulled it off the satellite feed at two in the morning.
1: Yeah. The 2 a.m. does kind of track with what we assumed the time of the events take mm-hmm. place. Obviously, we saw the same events earlier in the trailer. So we know at least it's a real video of something that actually occurred, although we don't know if the event portrayed is real or staged. You know, could be right. some larger conspiracy. The best part of the scene, however, in my opinion... Aside from the little porn wink and nod thing, and they're both kind of smiling, <laughs> you know. And Mulder realizes what she's talking about, and he kind of smiles as he's talking to her later. Is the undercredits, because we now know that Skinner, the lone gunman, and X are going to be showing up in this episode because we
0: see Yay. The,
1: in the credits, yeah. And then also, finally, some more aliens because the last few episodes have been like, please have some more aliens, please, because these subject matters are getting a little uh, but anyway, yeah. Also, at this point in the series. They have both seen bodies containing green toxic blood. Um, I know. Scully, probably even more so than Mulder. So like do we have to keep playing this game of like, what is that stuff? Why because like it was it was like, why are these wearing these masks, right? Because we know they've all you know, they've dealt with the alien assassin dudes and, right like, the, the green blood is toxic, so that's why they're wearing masks. But I know. Yeah, and the thing is like, like Why do we have to pretend that you guys have never seen this stuff before?
0: I know. And I know it's like supposed to be like shorthand to explain it to the audience, but there are better ways to do that without them not knowing
1: what it is. They could
0: just be like, well, why are they wearing gas bags? I mean, Mulder could be like, well, remember that green stuff we ran into or something instead of just being like,
1: yeah. Or even just like, well, at least they got one thing right that green stuff from the guy that would be, yeah, or like the, the gas gas. Well, something. then she would be basically saying that she believes they're aliens,
0: so. yeah. But there are be- there are other ways to do it without them being like, no idea. But then I know you got to explain things for people who haven't seen the rest, but still, yeah. still, well, and also, Scully.
1: And we're going to get into this more later. Scully has to be the skeptic, right? So. He
0: does, and I actually have some things to say about that too, which I'm sure. <laughs> yeah i mean i love scully but yeah they they definitely make it they make her go hard on disbelieving on this one
1: yeah so then we are in allentown pennsylvania and Mulder and scully pull up to a house and they get out of the car and scully heads around to one side of the house and then Mulder goes around to what would be like the back or side of the house and the mailbox near the like side door says rat tail productions leave packages here but the door is open like noticeably like ajar. So Mulder still knocks and then kind of pushes door open and goes the rest of the way in. And then Scully comes back around and tells him the front door is boarded up. And Mulder tells her the back door has been busted open. He pulls out his gun and they head inside. Scully follows.
0: I have to say the layout of this house is super weird because like when I was trying to figure out, I thought this was like the back door, but then I like there's no front door at the front of the house. Like it must be around the side. And so like I was like, well, if this is, has a mailbox, maybe this is the front door. Well, I think it is
1: a corner but, lot, too, so.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it is, because, like, then they call it the back door, and I'm like, where is the front yeah. door? So, yeah, it must I, be I on think the corner. A, I think
1: it's a corner lot. I could be that wrong. That would
0: make more sense, because I'm like, then where also, is the freaking door? There's a lot of <laughs>
1: things where people, like, rent out, like, part of their house, and so, like, they have that's a secondary true. door yep. that actually has its own number. Yeah. so that could be the thing here where like he does his business out of his home. So he has a different address just for his business kind of thing. That's
0: possible. Work. Yeah, that would. that's be- kind of what I
1: was assuming. But I mean, who knows? So they go inside and they go through the kitchen and the place is not in like good condition.
0: Mm-mm. And
1: they pass through what looks like a media production workroom. And then Scully ends up in the bedroom and there's a body laying face down on the bed. And it's got his hands tied behind his back. And like a pillowcase over his head. And then there's obviously blood stains on the pillowcase. So Scully goes to take a pulse and says he's still warm. So happened recently. And she takes a pulse on his arm, like not on his neck. So still, is touching like bare flesh. And I'm like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. But anyway.
0: I um, guess she, if there's a chance he's alive, they could. Yeah, you know. I guess. Yeah.
1: And then they hear something. And Mulder turns around and we see someone run past the door in the basement. So Mulder heads down the stairs after him. And he chases the man outside. The man hops, like, several different fences and keeps going. Mulder keeps up hopping fences. They're, like, going through people's, like, backyards and stuff. And At one point, we see a big, like, Doberman barking. And then Mulder's finally able to get to him and grabs him, pulls him off the fence. And then the man like, kicks the gun out of Mulder's hand, and then kicks him three Mm -hmm. times in the chest, and Mulder goes flying to the ground. And the man turns and starts to vault the fence again, but then Mulder has an ankle holster, and he pulls the gun out, and he's all pow! And he shoots this recycling bin next to the guy and shatters some glass that was on it. And he's like, I was yeah. tired of losing my gun. That's a, The guy really cares. But so he holds the gun on the man. And so then he bends down to pick up his other gun that got knocked away. And Mulder's like, face the fence. But the man doesn't face the fence. And he asks him his name. The man says something in Japanese.
0: Mm-hmm. And he also kind of
1: like growls a lot too.
0: Yeah, I couldn't make out like, mm-hmm. what he was saying, but he's, I don't think he's saying very nice things. Like it's <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. also a lot of like guttural noises too. like mm. So Mulder asks if he speaks English, and the man again says something in Japanese. And then Mulder's like, "Give me the bag," and like he won't. So Mulder finally takes it to him, and then he like trying to get the man to walk, and he won't. So then he finally like cocks the gun, and it was like, mm. and so finally the guy like walks around, and like you know Mulder yeah. follows him with the gun.
0: So, so then they're at Substation C in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And Scully walks through a police station, and she goes up to Mulder, who's standing outside an interrogation room. And inside, in the window in the door, we can see the man from earlier is inside the interrogation room. And Scully tells them that they haven't managed to get an interpreter. And Mulder's like, well, did you try the FBI field office? But Scully says, somehow, it's a tall request in Allentown at this time of night. And Mulder says, look at this, beacon in the night. And they turn, and they see Skinner walking towards them. So Skinner says hello. Basically, he just says, like, Agent Mulder, Agent Scully. And they comment on how they're surprised to see him. And then Mulder's like, hey, you don't speak Japanese, do you? And Skinner says he wishes it might save them some embarrassment. And Scully asks what he means. And it turns out Skinner is up here with the federal attorney trying to sort out an international incident. And so then he's like, I heard you made an arrest tonight. And Mulder says it's a murder suspect. And Skinner says they're going to have to release him. Apparently, the man they arrested is a high-ranking Japanese diplomat. And Mulder's like, this man? And so he kind of points through the window. And Skinner looks through the window. And he's like, if that's Kazuo Sakurai, then yes. And Mulder says that he didn't get his name. He was too busy getting his ass kicked. And Scully's like, well, what about the murder victim or the paperwork? But Skinner says that the other agency is going to handle it. And then he asks what they're doing out here anyway. And Mulder tells him they were actually tracking down this video piracy thing, and Skinner's like, "Okay, well, you should head back to Washington and leave this alone, basically yeah
1: I like the little bit where Skinner, as he's walking towards them, he turns around and check out a sex worker that's being walked down the hall by an officer because he's like, "Oh hmm, <laughs> like take back take a little look I like that a little it's the little details I like the, little, you know, <laughs> the details I like the little details also diplomatic immunity is total bullshit, right yeah.
0: yeah but yeah i mean this guy was found running out of a murder scene you know i mean he might not be the killer but they should at least get to like yeah. investigate him a little see well even on. if he
1: was the killer he would still have it wouldn't affect his immunity i mean it would be you know further international incident but
0: yeah well that's but, what i mean is that you shouldn't get yeah. to just it's yeah. like
1: the lady who killed the kid in britain and admits to killing him but then fled back the united states and we're not extraditing her. it's messed up
0: huh, i don't know that one but yeah that is yeah. messed
1: up Yeah. Because she, she was the wife of a diplomat, I think, or something like that here in the United States. But they were in Britain, and she was on the wrong side of the street because she, apparently she couldn't remember what side of the street she was supposed to be on and ran over uh, some kid on a motorcycle uh, and killed him. And then, and then fled. Like, she knew what she did and fled. And has admitted that she fled, but then refuses to go back for trial. Because, it's like, no, because I have immunity. So, yeah, it's super cool and total bullshit. So, anyway... So then Mulder and Scully are walking to their car. And Scully is like, this doesn't track. What would a Japanese diplomat be doing at a house that night with a dead body? And so she's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to drop it? And Mulder's like, I don't know. I paid $29.95. I think I'm entitled to a few more answers. <laughs> and then he opens the trunk and she's like, what are you doing? And he pulls off the briefcase from that he got from Sakurai. And he's like, just checking out a piece of evidence. I forgot to turn in. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: I mean, we always complain about them (laughs) not keeping evidence and now Mulder is totally circumventing the rules (laughs) and keeping this, but like he definitely knew something was up, so I kind of get why he did it. I think. Yeah. It's, it just, it's
1: Although right. he could have, t- it's going to kind of backfire a little bit, he could have turned it in and just kept the stuff that was in it.
0: Yeah, that probably would have worked out a little better, but yeah. yeah. Anyway,
1: he opens it, and inside are a bunch of file folders, and he hands a paper to Scully, and then he points out a stack of what looked like satellite photos. They're looking at the photos. And Scully says the paper is a list of MUFON members in the Allentown area, so Mutual UFO Network. And the name Betsy Hagopian is circled. Mulder says Scully should get a hotel room and check it out in the morning. And Scully's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to go back to D.C. like a good boy and show these photos to some of our friends.
0: Yeah, well, I think Mulder probably knows they're going to be watching him more closely than they're going to watch Scully. Like in terms of like, yeah, so I think that's probably a smart move, actually.
1: Well, because also when Skinner tells him to go back to D.C., is like, you should head back to D.C. before someone else takes a swipe at your nose.
0: Right. So, yeah,
1: so kind of like, mm, dude, you need to watch out.
0: Back off, Agent Mulder. Because Skinner,
1: Skinner is on on what's happening a little bit, right? I mean, not maybe necessarily in this one, but like, you know, he knows about some other stuff that's going on. He's He's dealt with X. He knows that things aren't necessarily what they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure. So, yeah. But he also knows people are watching them because of what's happened previously.
1: And he doesn't, and he's like, watch yourself. And also, I don't want to be involved in this. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So then we're at the lone gunman headquarters or office or whatever it is, wherever they all hang out. And Langley is looking at a photo with a magnifying glass. And he tells Mulder that the name of the boat in the satellite photo is the Talapus. And then he makes some comment about, like, gotta love those German optics. And we see that Frohickey and Byers are flanking Langley. And so Mulder asks if they're saying the satellite is German. And they clarify that the optics are German, which I'm not entirely sure what that means.
1: Like the the camera lenses.
0: Okay, gotcha. I was like, I didn't know if they meant like the setup anyway. But the technology is probably ours and the satellite is likely Japanese. And it was launched from South America, Frohickey adds. And so Langley asked Mulder where he got the photo. And Mulder tells them from a Japanese diplomat. And Frohicki is surprised because the Japanese are usually a little better at espionage. So kind of surprised that Mulder would have gotten his hand on it. And Mulder's like, well, what exactly are they spying on? And Byers tells him that the Telepis was a salvage ship out of San Diego. It spent months looking for a Japanese sub that went down in World War II that had been rumored to be carrying a lot of gold bullion. So Mulder's like, well, did they find it? And Langley says, not according to the report, but looking at the photo he's holding, the ship never returned to San Diego. And Byers has like the rest of the photos that were in the file. And he tells them that those photos actually track the ship through the Panama Canal up to Newport News, Virginia. And Froki's like, why would they go there? And Mulder's like, well, maybe what they found wasn't a Japanese sub. <gasps> dun, dun, dun.
1: What's up with Frohickey's like teddy bear fur vest? I don't understand. Like, yeah, he looks like Frankenstein's monster from the Son of Frankenstein, but he's got this big woolly furry vest on. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Frohickey's wardrobe choices, choices are always, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I Look, don't he's like wearing clothes, dresses. which I think is as much as we can ask. So um, <laughs> let's just take it.
1: Wow, you're like really holding up to a high standard. Okay. <laughs> you know some things I don't know about from No, No. Okay.
0: I feel like he's the sort of guy, like, if you knocked on his door randomly and, like, walked in, he'd be, like, naked in the kitchen doing dishes for no reason. And you'd be like, Well, I mean, Whoa. he's in his house, he could be naked in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, totally. It's that. totally fine. I just wouldn't necessarily want to walk in on it. And I would definitely okay. regret that decision. Well,
1: you shouldn't. It's his house. It's his <laughs> private domain. You should be just walking in on him and doing dishes naked.
0: It's true. It's true. What's wrong with you,
1: Tori? <laughs> I've
0: been watching too much Scooby-Doo, where if people don't answer, <laughs> you just walk in. <laughs> Start looking well, at their stuff.
1: That would be a Scooby Doo episode.
0: <laughs> you get what Walking you ask for. The I guess. is
1: naked doing dishes. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we are at the Japanese Embassy in Washington D.C. And Sakurai's driver is holding the door open to the limousine for him, and he gets in. But once he's in, all the door locks are all. And then he looks, and someone is sitting in the back seat with him. And the driver gets in. And he kind of adjusts the rearview mirror. And in the rearview mirror, we can see whoever else was in the seat with Sakura is strangling Sakura. Mm-hmm. Killing him. Yep. And then the, they drive off. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And so the assassin is called the red haired man in like the script. And everyone else refers to him that way. I just called him the assassin because I didn't know that until after the fact. And I didn't feel like going back and changing it. But yeah, he's the assassin or the red haired man. He is played by Stephen McCaddy. And he's had a very long and busy career. He's appeared on shows like Orphan Black, Kojak, Law and Order, Seinfeld, and Monk. And he's also done a lot of voice acting in shows like Justice League, where he played the Shade, a.k.a. Richard Swift.
1: Yes, and that's the Shade, the villain with the Shikamaru shadow powers, not Shade the Changing Man, also later Shade the Changing Woman or Girl, which is also a DC character. So they have two characters named Shade.
0: Ah, gotcha.
1: Yeah, one's a villain, one's a not a bad guy, and not a good. I mean, I guess he's a good guy, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah. That is a very like the shows you were listening, like Orphan Black, and then Kojak like did they do a reboot of code jack or are we talking like the original code jack
0: the original um, they're out of order oh
1: wow so those are like that's a that's a big uh, time yeah he thing,
0: has yeah. a very long career yeah he's yeah. done a lot and then, you like look long, at his long order page. seinfeld
1: and monk are all pretty like in the same
0: time yeah period. well Lauren order he did some of the earlier episodes and then monk was later and seinfeld was later i think he's in he's done some more recent stuff too i think Orphan black was pretty recent so yeah oh yeah. huh, interesting
1: so then Scully pulls up to Betsy Hagopian's address. And there's a MUFON sticker like in the window at the front door too. So like mm-hmm. she's dedicated. She
0: is a proud and, MUFON member.
1: Yeah, like right on the front door too. That's just, yeah, that's what you, she wants you to know when you come and knock on her door. Anyway, Scully knocks and a woman answers. And she asks if she's Betsy Hagopian. The woman says Betsy isn't here right now. And then Scully asks if there's any way to get in touch with her. And the woman looks concerned. And then Scully apologizes and starts kind of fumbling to like get her badge out and introduce herself. But the woman's like, I know you. And Scully's like, Oh, you you must be mistaken. She's like, No, we saw you. And then she calls for someone named Penny. And Penny comes in behind her and sees Scully and she's like, Oh my God, she's one. And the woman who will learn is Lottie, the one that Scully originally talked to, nods. And then Scully's like, one what? And she's like, one of us. (laughs) And then it's a commercial. Mm -hmm. One of us. One of us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then inside the house, like Scully is telling them there must be a mistake. She works for the FBI and she's actually here conducting a murder investigation. And Penny's actually on the phone and she's telling someone named Kathy. She's like, I'm at Betsy's. You need to call the group and get everyone over here right away. and scully tells them that a man named steve Zinzer was murdered and they're like oh yeah he was a member of our chapter and scully's still confused why they said that she was one of them and lottie's like have you had an unexplained event in your life in the last year where maybe you were missing for a period of time that you can't account for and scully is like like her face is very like what she's not happy to hear that and she's like why did you ask me that and penny's like you should sit down there are some people you're gonna want to meet skelly's having a weird day penny is played by jillian barber who actually appeared in ghost in the machine and red museum as well as obviously this episode and the next one she's also had recurring roles on supernatural stargate sg1 and the man in the high castle and she'll appear in one episode of millennium
1: yeah, and this was the thing that I was saying, like, if they showed Red Museum it would be weird because cause she was the mom in Red Museum, so she had a pretty prominent role. In oh,
0: episode. she was the one who she was, She had like,
1: the bonus viewing room in her bathroom. Yeah. You
0: guys order pizza. I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I didn't... She's tall. I didn't notice how tall she was. She's, like, she's noticeably tall in this episode, and I didn't notice that in the original one. I didn't remember her from Ghost in the Machine, but I was kind of like, oh... Well, she was maybe one of those FBI agents and then it turned out i was right i looked on the fandom wiki and she was agent nancy spiller
0: oh, okay in Ghost
1: the Machine. so she was one of the FBI agents and then also like the phrase she is one was also used in red museum mm-hmm. yeah i was coincidence. gonna say i don't know yeah Ooh. anyway <laughs> So we're at the U.S. Coast Guard headquarters in Newport News, Virginia, and I did not check to see if the U.S. Coast Guard headquarters actually is in Newport News, but according to the X-Files, it is not just an office, the headquarters. Mulder is walking with a Coast Guard officer down a hall, and he says the officer apparently went out to meet the Talapus when customs wouldn't let it through the port. And the officer's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's like trying to remember and he tells Mulder that it wasn't customs that stopped it. It was DEA who wouldn't let the ship through. And Mulder asks why. And the officer says that if he recalls correctly, they were looking for contraband. The ship had come through Panama and there was some concern the crew may have picked up the shipment. And Mulder asks if they found anything. And the officer says there was some talk of confiscating the ship if the crew was arrested, but they weren't. And then the ship put out to sea the following morning. And Mulder says, it doesn't make any sense. If the ship came straight from Panama, it would have needed to stop to refuel, right? And the officer's like, I I don't have all the details in my head. And so Mulder asked if he can check for paperwork and maybe find out a destination for the Talapus. And the officer says, well, it might take some time. And Mulder's like, that's okay. I'm happy to wait. <laughs> so, I mean, it was there overnight. It would have had time to refuel. And, and yeah, working.
0: I think it didn't quite pull into port though, and so that's kind of oh, the thing. Okay. like it didn't quite yeah. get there. It's so not even, a big. I
1: mean, it's just a salvage ship. It's not like a big like navy cruiser, right? It's just, like, yeah. Small. I mean, it's relatively small as far as like ships go. So
0: I think the idea was that it was kind of kept away from like where it would have been able to refuel.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So never it never actually came in and like docked or anything.
0: Gotcha. Right.
1: Okay. So back at Betsy's, the living room and dining area are full of people. Scully is seated across from Lottie and Penny and is like, I have never met any of you before. And they tell us because she doesn't remember. She was only taken once. Most of them have been taken many times, Penny says. And Scully is like, taken where? And Lottie says, the bright white place. And then Scully has a flash of herself on the bright white table in the bright white place. And then another woman off to the side notices her kind of like doing like a little like thing and she's like you remember it don't you there are men there performing tests and scully's like what men and lottie says they don't reveal themselves they take their memories away but somehow they start to seep back and then Payne tells her that some of them may have come back to her but don't make sense and they start to ask her if she's considered regression hypnosis and Scully's kind of like,
0: mm, no, no don't like, like, no, I'm not. She's
1: like, I'm not ready to discuss that right now. And the other woman, who's a redhead, who had, like, said, you remember, don't you, before, she's like, you're afraid to remember. And then she sits in front of her and says, it's okay, we were all afraid at <laughs> first. And, like, they are all women? Mm-hmm. And yet the dead guy was also supposedly part of their group, which seems kind of weird. Like, he would have been the only yeah. group of, like, women. And there's, like, there's like easily like near almost twenty. I'm kind of
0: wondering from. if like he's so. part of the local Mufon chapter, but that this group is like maybe a subset. It's just
1: yeah, but okay. Because so like I was wondering about that because I was like, they are okay. all women,
0: and he was a dude. So I wonder if maybe like they yeah. have like a separate like Mufon chapter, and then the women get together to talk about their abductions, and then people who weren't abducted aren't part of that.
1: Yeah, which also, which is weird though because like Dwayne Barry was abducted. Mm-hmm. Although, like he wasn't abducted and taken to a white room, his room was like all black.
0: Maybe they do different so. tests on different people. I don't know.
1: Oh, they are seg- They do segregated. The dudes go to the black scary dental room, and then the women go to the bicycle public yeah. stomach room. And if
0: you're non-binary, so the they probably have room, a special room. Too. Who knows? Who a knows what the aliens are doing? Those wacky yeah. aliens.
1: Was it aliens or is it <laughs> men? I don't know. They yeah, well, that's the thing.
0: <laughs> I think it's supposed to seem like aliens, but so back at Coast Guard headquarters, the officer returns to the hall with some paperwork and he's like, Mulder's supposed to be there waiting. And so he calls for Mulder and we see Mulder is down on the pavement in the shipyard. He has decided not to wait around and is now looking around for stuff. And so the officer kind of is just like shrugs and walks away. He's like, "Okay, whatever.
1: He's not worried about it. And Mulder was like, I'm happy to wait, but apparently not because he took off. So.
0: And Mulder ends up jogging up to an overpass walkway that like connects the buildings. And like you can kind of see all the ships from there. And so Mulder looks and then he sees a ship called the Ocean Wrestler in a dry dock. And then he keeps going and he makes his way over to a small white salvage ship that's docked alongside a pier. And he jumps over the railing and he breaks the glass pane on the door and unlocks it. And inside he begins going through things. And then he goes into this cabin and he finds a jacket on the hook and he pulls the jacket off. And inside the jacket, it says (gasps) Talapus. So I think maybe he's found the ship. Maybe they repainted it. Yeah. So he goes below deck and starts to look around. But then he hears like the squealing of tires and he heads back to the steering room and he sees several cars pull up to the ship that he's on. And these soldiers hop out and they've all got some big guns. Like these are serious soldiers with like rifles. So Molder runs, and the soldiers start boarding the ship, and they're like looking around for him. And he manages to kind of evade them and like hang behind them. And then he gets back on the deck just as they go past and jumps into the water. Yeah, which so I they, think
1: they would have heard, but anyway,
0: I would think so, but, apparently, but they, apparently they apparently don't. don't so. so either yeah. their helmets are on really tight, or they're just far enough. I don't. Well, know. they're
1: not even. They're all wearing berets. They're not oh, helmets in this one. Maybe their yeah, berets are on very tight.
0: Yeah, They got the berets over their ears. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they don't notice splash. Yeah, I don't splash. think berets work that way. And he yeah. gets away.
1: <laughs> he Come on. You studied French. You know how berets work. <laughs> they don't work your ears. So then back at Betty Hagopian's house, Lottie is telling Scully that when she opened the door and saw her standing there, it was like a revelation. And Scully is like, well, why don't I remember ever seeing you? And Penny tells her that at first, all they remember is the light. And then sometimes the faces of the men who perform the tests. And then we see Scully flashing to herself on the table with her belly all swollen. And she's got that, what I like to call the bicycle pump stuck into it. And then Scully asks how they know they're not mistaking her for someone else. And then the redheaded lady asks if she has the mark. And Scully's like, what mark? And she turns around and she's got like a little like slit on the back of her neck. Very, very, I mean, it's bigger than it needs to be, but it's, it needs to be on seen on TV, but it, it's relatively small. And Lottie says, we all have them. That's where they put the implants. And then they all like pulled out these little baggies and like prescription bottle containers and Tic Tac containers and just all these different containers. And they're all shaking them and they're all rattle, rattle, rattle. And it's all the pieces that have been removed from their necks. And then Scully's like, I got to go. I got to go. I just came here. And they're like, to see Betsy. And Scully's like, yes, to see Betsy Hagopian. Like, why are you all at her house? Where is she?
0: (laughs) What the heck is going on? (laughs) And, you know, Scully really, really does not want to believe like that poster has not had an effect on her at all.
1: No. Or Like she doesn't want to believe. I mean, she's obviously she's witnessed stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My thought is maybe because she's always getting like knocked across rooms and hit in the head. Maybe she's got (laughs) like some brain damage or something. No. Okay. Listen,
0: I know two things about Dana Scully. One, she really likes fried chicken. (laughs) <laughs> and two she lives in denial like she okay. exists there and i kind of relate to that a little bit because like
1: that would link to her severe skepticism as well
0: yeah i mean she Denying does everything. she does try to like i don't know she she wants the world to be what it she wants it to be and she does not want it to be this other thing and so she really clings to that a lot in this episode especially and there, like as we go on the episode i think there are valid reasons for her wanting to cling to that but at the same time she clings really hard and it is after a certain point a little unnecessary it's like loosen up scully acknowledge some of it but yeah yeah, also- yeah
1: bicycle pump
0: Ooh. i mean it's not really a bicycle <laughs> pump
1: i just like it's some pipes and tubing but i like to call it a bicycle pump so it does like kind of look like it. one so yeah yeah
0: So then we cut to a hospital and Lottie, Penny, and Scully are standing outside this room where there's like a CT scanner inside and like a woman in it. And there's a nurse in the room or possibly a doctor or a tech. I don't know who's in the room. I've had a CT scan. I still don't know who's supposed to be in the room. Whatever. When you're in the tube, it doesn't matter who's in there, I guess. And Lottie tells her that Betsy is suffering from a cancer that they can't diagnose. She has tumors that won't respond to any kind of treatment. And like I said, in the room, we see her in the machine and there's like a tech or doctor in there. And Scully asks if they think the cancer is the result of her abductions. And Penny says they've been taking Betsy since she was in her teens. So Betsy has been abducted a lot and had a lot of tests run on her. And Penny's like, this is what's going to happen to all of us. And they tell her that they'll all end up like Betsy. They're all dying because of what was done to them in these tests. Which, like, I think that's a good reason right there to not want to believe this at all. Because, like, I wouldn't want to believe it. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm going to get some scary, uncurable death cancer because I was taken and had men do weird stuff. Yeah, but
1: Scully knows super science, so she'll probably come up with a cure.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure she's going to go through some stuff, but I think she'll come out of it. If I remember season four correctly, there is some stuff she's going to go through. It's not going to be fun. We're not there yet.
1: I mean, technically, she's already gone through some stuff that apparently wasn't very fun.
0: I mean, so. yeah, she's had a rough couple of years. I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon.
1: Yeah. So then back at the shipyard, it's now nighttime and Mulder is all wet, but he's out of the water. At least he's not able to breathe underwater for like three days like alien hybrids are. And he sneaks back along the loading dock. And he stops because he reaches an area and there's lots of cars and vans parked in front of this warehouse. And we see lights are on inside. And then another car pulls up and a bunch of soldiers get out and they're hanging around in front. And then he kind of goes around to this other place and there's a window and he kind of climbs up and he clears off some of the condensation on the window. He looks inside and inside the warehouse, he sees what looks like a circular ship behind a plastic sheet. And then there's people with hazmat suits and armed guards, and all kinds of stuff, and it looks like it might be an alien craft. Whoa. And then we cut to commercial. And there was one thing in here that I did not particularly like, just because it's a continuity thing. From Mulder's point of view, he's watching the outside of the warehouse, and the car pulls up, and they get out, and they're all like, and then from basically the exact same angle, because we're seeing that same car, Mulder's, like, sneaking around behind the soldiers, and we're like, you were just across the street. How are you behind them? Mm. So I don't know how that happened. And then I also don't understand why every time they capture a UFO, they're always spraying it with like white smoke from a hose. Like it's always behind plastic sheeting and they're always spraying it with white smoke. I don't know why.
0: It's because it looks cool. No, it's I think
1: radioactive and hot. And it's like, yeah, I think they're I supposed to be
0: decontaminating it in some way. But yeah, I don't know.
1: It's always just dudes and suits spraying it with big hoses and white smoke. <laughs> So we come back from commercial and Mulder is back at his apartment building and he's heading down the hall and he pulls out his keys. But when he gets to his door, it's already open. (gasps) So he pulls his gun and he goes in and he's trying to flip the lights and they don't work. So he flips them like eight times, basically still doesn't work. And then he's walking around in the dark. And even in the dark, you can tell the place has been like ransacked. Mm -hmm. And then from in the shadows in a corner, we hear a voice that says, I think they found what they were looking for. And Mulder's like, he spins around, but then he realizes who it is. It's assistant director Skinner.
0: Yeah, director Walter Skinner.
1: That's right. Assistant director Walter Skinner. Don't be promoting him yet. Okay. (laughs) And Mulder's like, I don't remember giving you a key. And Skinner says he came to see Mulder but clearly he was late for the party. So obviously the door was already open and Skinner showed up too. And then Mulder jokes that he really should fire his maid, but then Skinner tells him to put his gun down before someone gets hurt. So Mulder's like, what do you want? (laughs) Straight up, what do you want? And Skinner tells him that Sakurai didn't make his flight last night. And then this morning, his body was found floating in the sea of Okinawa. And the Japanese government believed he was murdered for the contents of a briefcase he was carrying a piece of evidence which wasn't logged at the time of his arrest.
0: Hmm.
1: And Mulder's like, what do they think was in it? And Skinner tells him he has the State Department breathing on his neck, so Mulder needs to cut the crap. He asks where the briefcase is. And Mulder tells him that Scully has it. And Skinner's like, well, where is she? And Mulder says, I haven't seen her since I left her in Allentown. And Skinner tells him he better find her, because whatever Mulder stepped in is being tracked into his office. and He doesn't like the smell of it. And then Skinner warns him that this is bigger than either of them or the FBI. And then he's like, I hope you got some other numbers in your contact list because I am out. And he leaves.
0: Yeah, he is very much not interested in getting pulled into whatever this is. Yeah. Although he does keep helping them. So, so I don't know.
1: well, I mean, so does Deep Throat. And then Deep Throat gets killed. And then X gets beat up and stuff, but he still yeah. helps too. So,
0: yeah, he does.
1: Speaking of which, we haven't seen X yet. But we know who he's going to be in this episode. We saw Steven Williams' mm-hmm. name. Going to be credit. We've seen everybody else, not X. Hmm.
0: So then we're at the office of Senator Richard Matheson in Washington D.C., and Mulder enters Senator Matheson's office, and Matheson tells him that he understands Mulder is in a difficult position, and Mulder is surprised that Matheson even knows anything. But Matheson tells him that he's on the intelligence committee. And secrets are the only real currency they deal in. Mulder needs his advice. And Matheson tells him straight up, like, return the satellite photos. That's my advice. And Mulder says he'd be implicating himself if he did that. And Matheson says, well, but a good chess player knows which pieces to sacrifice. And Mulder's like, well, if I give up now, it gives them time to bury all the things I've seen. And Matheson's like, do you trust me? Mulder hesitates. And Matheson's like, well, let me earn your trust with the truth. And so he gestures for Mulder to have a seat. And then Matheson tells him that several weeks ago in Knoxville, Tennessee, four prominent Japanese doctors slash scientists, they were doctors, scientists, I don't know. But the four of them were all murdered.
1: Scully is apparently a doctor and a scientist. So why can't some Japanese people be doctors? I mean, they
0: could be. They could be. They could all be doctors and scientists. It's very unclear. But regardless, all four of them were engaged in a highly classified project. Mulder asked what kind of project, and then asked if it involved the autopsy of an extraterrestrial life form. Matheson doesn't know, but he was only just given the names of the former scientists. And he gives Mulder a piece of paper that lists the names on there. And he's like, the men's credentials are public record. So Matheson suggests that past deeds may illuminate present treacheries. But Mulder's time is limited before he becomes entangled to the point of being able to understand or expose it. And Mulder's like, what am I on to here? And Matheson says, monsters begetting monsters. <gasps>
1: Whoa. we Whoa. haven't mentioned yet, but um, the fact that they're doing these in train cars and then in Anasazi, in the blessing way, we have all these alien, noid bodies in a train car buried in the desert.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's weird
1: yeah so back in his office like in the x-files basement Mulder is looking at some papers when someone knocks on his door so he gets up and he opens it and it's scully and she's like why is the door locked so then scully tells Mulder about her visit to the mufon members and how she learned that betsy agopian is dying and that she met a lot of women who also claim to be dying as well And all of them had these. And she pulls out a small vial with an implant in it. And Mulder looks at it. And she tells him it's the same thing she had removed from her neck. And Mulder's like, but you're fine, aren't you? And Scully says, am I? And these women said they knew Scully and they'd seen her before. And they knew things about her and her disappearance. And it was freaky. And Mulder agrees that it's disturbing. But he doesn't think she should freak out until they know what the implant is. Which doesn't seem like Mulder, honestly. That seems very not Mulder. In my
0: yeah, opinion. it's kind of funny. I feel like it's maybe that thing where, like, you tend to be the one who freaks out. But when the person who doesn't freak out starts freaking out, then maybe, like, you get a little more calm kind of thing. Yeah, it just seems like he- Mulder
1: would be more excited because this is actually confirming some stuff.
0: Yeah. He
1: has tried to talk to her about before and she's refused to acknowledge.
0: Yeah. But then he so- also knows that she really doesn't want to believe this and doesn't like to talk about it. So maybe he's trying to, like, not scare her away by being really excited (laughs) because i think if he was like oh my god it's evidence scully don't i think she would shut down and i think he knows that and so i think maybe he's kind of dialing it back okay
1: i did have a question because i was i was thinking about this and i'd put it in my notes later but now is a better time probably to talk about it so i was wondering if that was actually scully's implant or whether she had managed to like one of the women gave her, which I assume I would, I would assume one, these women would not give up their implant, especially to like, you know, if they say they recognize her, like to someone who's a federal agent, right? They would probably not get, just give their implant up. They carry them around with them all the time, apparently, or at least to their meetings. So I was like, is that? Did she get that from someone? Is that Scully's? Then I went back and looked because the last time we saw Scully's implant was in the Blessing Way, and it was like on her table right before Melissa gets shot, and the vial that is in in the Blessing Way is the exact same vial that she is holding when she shows Mulder. Okay. So I'm thinking like it doesn't, her dialogue doesn't seem to sh- say that it's her implant, but visually, and then also my thing of like, who's going to give their implant to her? I think that's probably hers. So.
0: I think so. Cause the dialogue's a little, it's a little vague, but she says something like, it's the same thing that was implanted in my neck, implying that it's not the one, but that doesn't mean yeah. that it can't be the one. So I think you're probably right. I think it probably is the one. That was was the
1: dog that got me because the way she says it, it sounds like this, Mm -hmm. like she's talking about this item she's holding. And she says, it's like the same thing that was pulled out of my neck. But then I think that is the one that was pulled out of her neck.
0: Right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's just phrased.
1: But I did go back and look last time we saw it. I thought it actually got knocked off the table when Melissa gets shot. Like, you know, she falls and hits the table and it falls off. But actually before Melissa enters, I think it's Luis bumps the table. Like someone bumps the table and it's because it's standing up on the coffee table and it just kind of falls over on the coffee table and it's just laying there. And then Melissa comes in and then wow, she gets shot and then mm-hmm. got the gun. So yeah, so it's not they took it, so it's still there. So Scully still has it. Right. And it's to say it's the exact same kind of vial that she's holding now. So or it could just be that's what they had in the prop department. So I don't know. Yeah. But I think it is Scully's.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. I think you're probably right. So the phone rings and Mulder answers, and he learns he has a fax coming through. And Scully picks up a photo on his desk of the Japanese doctors. And she points out one man and she's like, I've seen this man before. And Mulder's like, Not unless you were in Japan in the last 50 years. But she insists she's definitely seen this guy before. So it turns out his name is Takeo Ishimaru, and he's been dead since 1965. He was the commander of a Japanese unit that did awful experiments on humans. Mostly prisoners of war, but also children, infants. So, like their Nazi counterparts, a lot of them were never brought to justice. And Scully asks why he has all this info. And Mulder says that four of the men in that photo were on the video performing that autopsy. And Scully's like, well, due to the surgical dress, you couldn't identify the men. And Mulder says that someone could. Because those men were murdered yesterday and their bodies found. I think he means their bodies were found yesterday because obviously they were murdered a couple weeks ago and earlier Matheson even said. I don't think they
1: walked away from that.
0: No. And Matheson even said that they were murdered a couple weeks ago in Knoxville. So like I think it's just a misspeak or maybe it was miswritten or something. But like I think he means the bodies were found. Yeah. And that's why Matheson just got the names because the bodies were just found, which would make sense. And Scully asks, by whom, and Mulder says he doesn't know, maybe the U.S. government. And Scully asks, why. And he says for continuing the Nazis' work and trying to create an alien-human hybrid. And Scully insists that that's still a fantasy, but Mulder's like, after all you've seen, why do you refuse to believe? And she says, believing is the easy part. I need proof. And Mulder's like, you think believing is easy? Which I, I liked that exchange a lot. I thought that was good.
1: Yeah, because he mentioned the fact like, we were in those tunnels, we had all those files, and those things ran past you, so apparently she told him about that. Yeah, didn't see that. So:
0: Yeah, so yeah. they've talked about it, So, but he says they have proof and pulled something off the fax machine. He tells her about the ship that the satellite photos were tracking, that he believes recovered a UFO off the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, and that he believes that ship was probably carrying the EBE that they saw on that tape. And he hands her the photo from the fax machine. She asks what she's looking at. He tells her it's part of the government's secret railroad used to transport test subjects and to conduct that autopsy. She asks where he got it. And he tells her from someone like her who needs proof and is also willing to believe.
1: (gasps) So then we're at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. And Scully is in a lab at the FBI. And there's a guy who is Adrian Pendrell. And he's wearing a little scientific lab coat and he's looking at the implant under a microscope. And he tells her it looks like some kind of microprocessor. And she's like, you're saying it's man-made? And he's like, well, what else could it be? And then we see the scan of the object and it shows up on his computer screen. And he tells her it's extremely advanced and he's never seen anything close to that complexity. And Scully asks if there's any way to find out who manufactured it. And Pendrel says that there are a couple companies in San Jose, a few in Boston, could be any one of them and she asked what these chips are used for and he's like video games brake systems they're finding new uses for them every day and then he tells her he just read an article about the chips being designed to help severely disabled people operate computers using just their brain waves
0: oh super cool didn't they
1: we already did this scene when she had it removed where they looked at it under a microscope and it was like oh it's a microchip i don't know why we're doing it again because but
0: You can't assume people have seen the last episode. I also
1: think it's weird. Like he says, like I've never seen any of these advanced and then he tells her where she can find them. So apparently he knows where (laughs) they are, even though they're extremely advanced. He's never seen anything like them. And then I'm also like super sure they're using this exact same, like super advanced chips in video games, car brake systems, and then also brain implants. Like it's like (laughs) computers and he's just waving his arm frantically.
0: It's scientific magic. (laughs) So yeah.
1: Cool a little goofy but yeah there's the fact that like we've already i mean not to this level of detail but like we've we've had this exact scene like the dude is wearing the same kind of coat which is why i was thinking the dude might have been like you were saying it was her doctor but then i was like i think he's an fbi dude but they're wearing the exact same kind of clothes and kind of looking through the exact same kind of microscope so who knows
0: yeah but i think the, the next scene i don't i can't remember if it's this episode or the next one but like i think that explains why he would be willing to come to the office in the middle of the night to look at the chip I think oh. he's got a little crush on Scully.
1: Oh, do we see the, the same guy that she the doctor from the blood? From, oh,
0: is this not I, the same guy? I thought. this. No, was it's not the same dude. No, okay. it's not the
1: same dude. I don't dude.
0: remember what the other dude looked like. So I thought this was just yeah. the same guy. No, it's but, not okay. the
1: same guy, but he's dressed the same. Okay. And they're basically like in the same kind of room. Yeah, it's the same so, kind of
0: thing, right? They've got to yeah, And we didn't to you know. We, and we
1: never got a confirmation that it was, it was like her doctor or if it was the FBI guy. I kind of thought maybe she was, which was like, then that's when she'd been kicked out. And I was like, she's still like just hanging out in the FBI office. And they're letting her walk around and go see people. And you're like, no, I think it's her doctor. And you may have been right. But then they're using basically the same set and the same yeah. like costume for this other dude. So, yeah, the other guy was older. Um, oh okay this, pretty, this dude is pretty young he
0: is very is, young which yeah. would
1: explain if he has a crush on scully like, yeah it's not as creepy so yeah, okay.
0: no it's kind of cute actually <laughs>
1: that must be next episode because i don't remember that okay yeah it's probably I the next, next episode one. yet so.
0: yeah it's it's cute they have like a weird awkward exchange and he's just like that oh, was all you can just tell he regrets it because he feels really awkward but it's cute it's cute okay So then we're at Quinnamont, West Virginia, and we see Mulder is at a rail yard and he's climbing up to the roof of a building. And he runs along the roof and then stops and he looks out over the rail yard. He pulls out some binoculars and he looks around. So he's looking for something very specific. And then he sees a rail car with the number 82517 on top. And then a white van and some cars come driving up to the train car. So Mulder kind of like ducks down because he realizes he doesn't want them to see him. And
1: Oh, and we neglected to say in some of the photos that Mulder was looking at previously, one of the train cars when he's showing Scully about the secret railway, it is this car. Yeah, it has, has the number numbers. on it. Yeah, yeah we did not we didn't mention that. So, so
0: that is what he was looking for. Yeah. And the men get out and then they pull something out of the van and we see it's a figure in a hazmat suit and the figure appears to be alienoid. <gasps> and then it's commercial
1: and these men are all Japanese also so
0: yes, yes yeah they're all Japanese men
1: so when we come back from commercial
0: and then the men get back into their cars and one has a walkie talkie and says something and the train starts moving down the track and the van and all the cars kind of back up like they don't turn around they just like back up and zip out
1: well they kind of have to back up though because there's not any room between there to like turn around without driving over railroad tracks so yeah
0: and Mulder ducks behind the building as they pass so they don't see him and then he kind of runs behind this line of train cars so like he can stay out of their view and he chases after the train but he can't quite catch it it's too fast so he has to stop so back in the x-files office scully is re-watching the alien autopsy tape and at the very start before the procedure starts one of the men like takes off his mask and exit the car and you can see his face for like a split second and so she rewinds and she plays it frame by frame. And then we see Scully and she remembers being on that table in the white room and there are doctors standing over her and they all have masks on. But then one guy leans over her and he's not wearing a mask. And it's the same guy on the tape, Ishimaru. <gasps> and then the phone rings in the office and it kind of jars her out of her memory. And on the phone, it's Mulder. And he tells her he's at a train yard in Quinnemont, West Virginia. He says a group of Japanese men just put someone on one of those train cars that they saw on the satellite photos. And she's like, I thought it was our government's railroad. And Mulder tells her that something serious is going on here. The thing they put on the train, it's alive. And Mulder's like, I have to get on that train car. It's connecting with Canadian passenger train outside of Cincinnati. And Scully tells him that she saw Ishimaru on the alien autopsy tape. So he's not dead. And Mulder's like, well, that's where you know him from. And Scully's like, no, that's not where at all.
1: <gasps> and I'm like, did Mulder not watch the whole tape? Because you think he'd be super interested in someone who, like, wasn't wearing a mask on this video that he thinks is real. But...
0: Yeah, well, and that's like the beginning of the tape because it has to be because that's Isumaru oh, who I gets know, off the but car. If bought
1: it, you think you start from the beginning?
0: Yeah, I know. And maybe because that wasn't the interesting part yet. You know, like this guy's I taking guess, off his mask, leaving he, like, the train. And, and so he's like waiting for them but to just, put something on the train. Yeah. But, but yeah. He's like
1: clearly not wearing a mask. And so I would think like someone to face you can see Mulder well, would be super interested in that. Yeah. I don't know who that person was. But we also now realize you had this in your notes way in the beginning, but I cut it out because it didn't make sense. And also it kind of like, spoiled it Sorry. this is this is the guy that we saw stepping off the train and uh-huh. all the others arrived and bowed to them and then got into the car yeah so ishimaru
0: is yeah so he's the guy the who at the beginning got off the train took the car and the other guys got on and then got shot yeah
1: but i was like spoiler tori you're ruining yeah. the story so he'll like,
0: also oh. be called something else next episode to make it super confusing <laughs> <gasps> so oh no it's good it gets really oh, clear man. for a little bit but yeah he's that's ishimaru
1: okay So then we're at Edwards Terminal in Queensgate, Ohio. So I guess that's outside of Cincinnati. And one of the Japanese men that seemed to be in charge of loading the alien that Mulder saw into the train car is walking through the train station. So they apparently drove there. I don't know how far that is from where Mulder was before. I didn't look on a map to see how far Quinamont, West Virginia is from Queensgate, Ohio, or if those are even real cities. But apparently everyone's just going there, including the train and people driving. Everything. So he's walking through the train station. And then we see the man who killed Sakurai is also there. He's at a vending machine. And then the dude who was at the train station loading the alien, he goes into the bathroom and then the assassin guy, the redheaded man follows him into the bathroom. And then also Ishimaru is there as well. He's at the train station too. Everyone's at the train station.
0: They're having a train station party.
1: It's a hopping train (laughs) station. Yeah. Mulder's not there yet, but anyway, so in the bathroom, we see the assassin has already done his job because he's dragging the dude's body and puts him in a stall and closes it and is apparently able to lock it from the outside. I'm not sure how that works, but he did. And then he checks himself, makes sure he looks good, and then he leaves the bathroom. And then we see Mulder drive up. And he parks in front of the station. He gets out and he runs in and he asks the lady at the counter, he's like, what track the express train to Vancouver is on? And she's like, you just missed it. So... One, I don't know why he's called the red-haired man because his hair and complexion, say otherwise, He is not red-haired. I mean, he doesn't yeah, look like a ginger. So I'm not sure why he's <laughs> no. a red-haired man. It's a and good then, question. Like,
0: I have no idea. Yeah.
1: And then, is there really an express train from Ohio to Vancouver? Really?
0: really? I mean, there could be if we would just prioritize railway travel. Maybe.
1: I mean, maybe they're just trying to be like, you know what, all these trains we keep filming are like Canadian trains and all the signs say Canadian stuff on them. So maybe we should just like, Trying to work Vancouver in there somewhere so we can cover all <laughs> this up. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you know, they're, they're all like Canadian
1: rail trains. <laughs> it says like some of them actually say Canadian Rail on them, and then some of the signage is like Canadian because different countries have different signs for their trains, and so yeah, because they film in Vancouver, so it makes yes, sense. Yes,
0: they like do. Yeah, it's
1: kind of funny. So I'm just wondering, like, are they trying to like
0: hmm, let's cover this up?
1: I don't know. It just seemed funny that for some reason they're going to Vancouver. So, <laughs> yep. So then Scully's at her apartment building, and she comes in the door, and she's in the hallway, and she's about to open the door to her apartment, and someone calls her name, and she turns around, and it's X, finally. He's in the episode, and he's in her apartment building, and he's in the hallway, and she's like, what are you doing here, and he's like, have you spoken to Agent Mulder, and he tells her that Mulder is in danger, that he's tracking a train, and Scully can't let him get on it, and Scully says... I don't know what you're talking about. And tries to shut the door, but X is like, oh, stops it. <laughs> Can't close the door. No. And X is like, you must get to him. And Scully is like, why should we trust you? You've lied to us before. And X is like, you're wasting time. And then we see the train chugging down the tracks. And Mulder pulls his car up ahead of the train and he gets out and he's walking to like an overpass area above the train and his phone rings. And so while he's heading over there. He answers it. And Scully is on the phone and we see Scully in her apartment and it's a standing behind her. And she's like, don't get on that train. They know where you are and they know what you're doing. And he's like, who told you that? And she's like, it's too dangerous. And then he, again, he's like, who told you? Who told you that? And we can see the exit just standing behind her. And then he's like, the train is coming. And she's like, let it go. And he's like, I can't. And then he climbs <laughs> over the railing onto the side of the overpass. And she's like, don't get on that train. And then Mulder, what? jumps off the overpass boom and lands on the train and in the process phone goes flying out of his hand slides off the top of the car boom lands on the ground and then we see Scully and she realizes she's lost the connection and then the train just rolls on down the track and then it says to be continued
0: oh no Malta got on the train and X said not to why didn't X talk to him on the anyway I don't know
1: there is that question I, I read something where people are like X has all this access secret information. You would think, like Mulder's cell phone number, would be one of those bits of information. Get hold of <laughs> and just call him. But
0: maybe he thinks Mulder won't listen to him after what that, happened. And that so was the he, thing that
1: the other person said was. But yeah. maybe because Mulder wouldn't believe him, so he thought Scully would have more pull. Like, yeah, no, she doesn't have
0: but pool. nobody has enough pull when Mulder thinks he's on the trail of an alien. Nobody. Nope. You are not pulling Mulder back from that ledge. He's gonna jump it. I'm not sure time. why Mulder
1: thought it was a good idea to jump onto the train with the phone in his hand. Because if nothing else, you want both hands to grip,
0: right? right. Like yeah. put the no, phone back a... in your pocket. Yeah. But then
1: if he'd done that, he couldn't have lost it. So although he could have like broke it, like he could have landed and like got smashed in his, like and put it in his yeah. inner coat pocket kind of thing, it kind of got broken. But then I get to show that quickly, and you know, we know that I'm not good at apparently showing things quickly on TV because I'm like, why didn't they just do this? And you're like. 'Cause expediency, Nick. And I'm like, but that doesn't make
0: sense. But anyway. <laughs> also, it shows how <laughs> just desperate and dumbass Mulder is in this moment where he's just like, Let me just jump on that train. I yeah. gotta do it. And you're like, Mulder, you don't you don't have to, buddy. There are other ways. Yeah, that's but like
1: quite I mean, there's there's quite a gap of space between the top of that bridge and the train too. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a fun stunt for them. Everyone talks about how that was a really hard stunt, but then like stunt coordinator Tony Morelli's like actually wasn't that complicated, but like it just, it took them a lot of time and they had like the stunt guy tethered to the overpass and had him jump without like a train there. And then they did it yeah. again with a the train there. And then like Duchovny did some of the walking on top of the train stunt. So they just like went back and you can see like in the next episode, you can kind of tell when they switched to the stunt man and they're really far back and you can kind of tell it's mm. not Mulder. But he looks pretty similar, and then like yeah, because in this
1: scene he actually doesn't he doesn't get up; he's just spread no the top of the. But train in the, the next time.
0: episode, yeah. he does walk across the train, and part uh-huh. of that is David Duchovny, and part of that is a stunt guy. Um, so they had to go back and forth. So it just took him a really long time to do it, but it wasn't actually that complicated. It was just a yeah, well, long. Process. Uh, they just had to make
1: sure they get enough coverage shots so they have something spliced together that looks real, I imagine. Mm-hmm. so yeah,
0: yeah. And of course, Fox used the opportunity of this episode to re-air the "quote unquote" real Alien autopsy special on the next Saturday night, so the following Saturday. So, in yeah, case you had they, missed uh, it,
1: apparently, they actually ran promos for it during the actual episode itself. So, I
0: have vague memories Tomorrow, of that. Honestly, so that that sounds. I remember
1: because right me. I mean, we've we've talked many times about how I wasn't watching X Files at the time, but I do remember watching the Alien autopsy when it came out. I don't yeah. remember. When it came, it because it, it came out. I mean, if they're rerunning it, it hadn't come out that far before. I don't remember the exact actual actual date, but so I wasn't watching X Files, but I remember I did watch that.
0: Yeah, I did too. Oh. Although I remember being kind of disappointed. Yeah, wasn't a real alien.
1: I mean, yeah, but
0: bummer. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, and then it's to be continued. So part yeah. two was. You have to wait a whole week to find out what happens. Yeah.
1: So I had mentioned that the second train car, the one that Mulder is actually looking for, the 82517, also apparently supposedly has some meaning, but there's like two different stories. So one of them is that the 25th of August, so 825 of 1917, was the start of the Bolshevik Revolution, which could be an allusion to the revolution that Mulder is apparently starting. I'm like, that's you're <laughs> really stretching it, dude. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, man. That's a, little, that's a little too much. <laughs> if we revert the numbers and do the year first, so 1982, so 82, and then 517, so we get May 17th, that's the publication date of a journal article by a doctor whose real name is Mulder. and it's regarding neonatal meningitis and testing on babies in the womb and so they're like could this possibly be a reference to skull and what was done to her when she was abducted i mean that one seems a little more plausible just because there's multiple bits there but i'm still not really sure but i mean that that one seems that one seems more like something they would do as opposed to the Bolshevik revolution thing. Uh, yeah. Someone,
0: that is kind of you know, a weird thing. That's
1: someone who likes history and likes the X Files and thinks Mulder is starting a revolution. So, I mean, there's still like eight more seasons to go. So, it's a very long revolution if he's starting one.
0: So, yeah. Well, also, that just makes you think of Anastasia and then they get sad. Also, if the train car's birthday is August 25th. <laughs> 1917 or 2017 that makes it a Virgo so oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean I'm one of those like, people
1: who likes to use the the years I mean I use the four-digit year though because if you if you number dates by the year and then the month and the day things track in numerical order whereas if you do them just by like month mm-hmm. day year then they start repeating right because you always have a January and so things yeah in order so
0: yeah, um, I read something online about how you should organize your files that way, like with the year and then just so that yeah, everything would be year, month, easier day. to find. Yeah. But yeah. But someday maybe me. I'll get organized. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then apparently, also since I'm here looking at this, I'm on the the X Files Wiki fandom site. The guy who played the officer in the Coast Guard, he also played Dr. Joseph's in shapes. Okay. But then he was also agent. Couts in anasazi so, okay like, i knew i knew he looked familiar i also thought the person who plays lottie looked super familiar
0: i know i did too and i looked her up and i did not recognize anything else she had done and the it only other much. thing
1: that i have ever seen that she was in besides this episode was best in show and she plays like a judge and i'm okay. like okay i do not recognize her from that so i think she maybe just looks like someone that is someone else that I'm thinking of
0: because yeah everything so nothing too. else on
1: her thing I have never seen she's been in stuff but like none of it's anything that I've ever watched
0: yeah so. I've seen best in show but a long time ago and only like once so yeah
1: and it wasn't like she had a super big role she played like a judge in one of the shows yeah so.
0: she does have a face that looks really familiar though yeah because I was sure. like dude
1: who is she I had to go look her up but then I was like oh that's why she's not in Tori's notes because
0: <laughs> they're not a lot yeah, yeah.
1: I was like, she had to be, like, in a previous episode or something for me to recognize her. Because it was, like, super strong. Like, oh, dude, I know her. And then, obviously, Penny is the mom in Red Museum and mm-hmm. was also a federal agent in Ghosts of the Machine. Yeah, One of my secret favorite episodes, even though it's kind of ridiculous not It's done ridiculous, well, but it's still, but it's still just, a cool just premise. Just the idea that it's just like, yeah, it, that's what dragged me. It's just like, that premise is just like, mm, I love it. Yeah. So.
0: It's, uh, yeah, I feel like that's one of the fun things about the X-Files. Sometimes the episode's like ridiculous and weird, but you're like, but that's such a cool idea. Like, it's fun.
1: Like, I also it's secretly fun. love, um, I mean, well, I guess maybe not so secretly, I love the Jersey Devil. Like, aside from our little Bigfoot boobs thing that we have going on all the time. Like, I really like that episode too, even though, like, it's not the real Jersey Devil. And, you know, mm-hmm. but it's still like, I like that episode. Anyway, it's not a good episode, but I still like it. <laughs>
0: Doesn't so, yeah, see things don't always have to be I, it, good to like them. Yeah, I like the a lot of things sentence, that are not say, good. It's not a good
1: episode, but I like it.
0: Yeah, I mean that is like half the things I like anyway. I'm like this is not good, and you shouldn't probably watch it. But I love it so. Yeah. yeah.
1: Speaking of which. Should we do some ratings, or do we have yeah. more things to discuss?
0: No, I just I have a hard time rating like two part, like part one and part two. Yeah, it's not really. A complete I was story. this episode.
1: I'm definitely feeling that. Like, I never really, I didn't feel that on the other episodes that we did that were two parters. This one, I'm definitely feeling it because this, well, this, like, so this one is definitely like.
0: So I was reading some stuff. I don't remember if I put this in my notes for the next one or not, but I can just mention it now. This was originally pitched as one episode, and they basically told Chris Carter, "There's too much stuff." We can't do this in an hour and it's too expensive for one episode. So we can't do it. And he's like, oh, man, that's a bummer. And then they're like, well, we could do two episodes. (laughs) They split it in half. But this one is directly it's not like part one is a contained story. It's like this one literally is they chopped it in the middle and did part two. So it really is like unfinished. But I think just for what it is, I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's really solid. I think it's really good. I like that they're giving us more stuff about what happened to Scully. I love her reaction to the women, though. It's so, to me, it's perfect because she is just so, like, she does not want to listen to this. She does not want to believe them. But she does because she knows they're right and she does not like it at all. Yeah. I think it's funny. And it's well done. And I like her exchanges with Mulder about it in this episode and the next one, too. I see, But the the other episode is coloring my... It's absolutely coloring my rating because to me it's like one piece, so I can't really separate them. Okay. That much. Well,
1: I won't be I won't be so afflicted because I have not seen the second part yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think I'm probably gonna go with an eight as well. Nice. Because, like I said, this one is this one is really weird. This because it's strange. I could say that not a lot happens in this episode. And I could say that a lot happens this episode, and I think I'd be right both times.
0: Yeah, you can, no, I agree with you. can look you. at it
1: either way. Like, a lot happens, and then also not a lot happens because this one is definitely, like, this is the lead up to the next episode. This this one more so than any of the other ones we've seen, even, like, the three-parter, right? It's, like, this one is definitely not, like, an episode on its own. So, but, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the eight. There was nothing in there that I really, I mean, there was some, there was some continuity stuff, and then... Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole Scully thing of like, like, like at what point, like what Evan, like Scully is one of these people I think is going to like, she could be invited to a presidential press conference and like Bill Clinton would get up on stage and the cigarette smoking man would join him and then an alien would walk up and they'd all be like arm (laughs) in arm and be like, Agent Scully, come on down. We want to talk about some stuff. And they would just tell her a thing. And then later she'd be like, that was fake.
0: She'd be like, and I need so, to test that alien. I need some samples. I know. Yeah. So she she, yeah, me, she I'm would telling not believe
1: you. it. She'd be like, I was probably hitting in the head. And that was all hallucination. Like, denial. like, I, like at hallucin- what point denial. is there enough evidence for her in this case? Like,
0: Yeah. You and, know. you know, I don't know. And it'll be interesting to see, like, because she has come around on previous episodes. And I think she's starting to, like, do that thing where she slowly... But then the writing keeps pulling her back because the writing needs her to be the skeptic. So it keeps like she gets there and like crests a little bit of a hill. And then they're like, no, 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 can't have you up there. I got to push you back a little. And so it is kind of weird weird
1: because I get like at this point, like she can be skeptical, but she can't be the skeptic. Like there's too much has happened. Like she's obviously not going to be like molder level. And so they would still have a dynamic where they're butting heads periodically but like they can't keep throwing her in the fact that like no yeah. don't believe any of this you got to show me some evidence because then you're like then you just start reciting like well what about this episode what about this right. episode what about right well this and episode?
0: i guess the question would be and this will come up in the next episode is like what is she meant to believe is she meant to believe that it's aliens or is she meant to believe that there's a conspiracy going on because i think she does believe there is some something happening i just unlike yeah. molder she doesn't that believe was... that it's a government creating alien hybrids and you know that
1: was probably the biggest disappointment of this episode is that at least according to scully's remembering is that it's a bunch of dudes standing over her oh yeah standing over her that is no probably that's disappointment.
0: and it that, that bummer is gonna keep coming I think. <laughs> not just mm-hmm. next episode but from what i remember in future seasons i don't think that that's i mean I there are every, real aliens but... i just
1: want all this stuff to be like dwayne Barry, fire in the sky action fire in the sky
0: i know know, and unfortunately stuff but the problem is that scully tends to be more right a lot of the time because a lot of the stuff does turn out to just be like which is weird because like okay so the x-files is that show where the paranormal turns out to be the paranormal like it's not like a procedural where it's like fake out where you think it's like a vampire and it's really just some dude with like a blood fetish right but for some reason in the myth arc episodes It kind of starts to go to that, like, oh, you think it's paranormal, but it's really just evil dudes doing science. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Hopefully that'll shift later, because I think it does start to shift as we get into season four and, like, the black oil stuff. But Yeah,
1: well, apparently it goes off the rails or something. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. But... But anyway, for this episode, yeah, so that's part one, and we will do part two next week.
1: All right, so an eight from Tori and eight from Nick. I think, is that, um, I'm getting my episodes confused. Is that two
0: eights in a row for me? I don't remember. What was the last episode? Oubliette, Oubliette.
1: Yeah, so that would be two eights in a row. Nice. Yeah.
0: Wow. And also, you have the only nine this season so far.
1: That's true.
0: Although yeah. I probably need to up some ratings, like I've talked about before. I get really stingy at the beginning, and I usually have to go back and up Yeah, some see, things. I think
1: I'm more despite the fact that I teach the blessing way at two, I think I tend to be more giving in the early episodes and then tend to dial things back. But I don't know if that actually proves true. If I go back and look at the ones that I've revised, we'll see. Um, I'm not sure so far that I need to revise anything this season. But
0: nice. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. think I do, but I probably just need to bump a couple things up, but that's okay. I'll get there.
1: Nine episodes in twenty. For this season yep yeah okay, i was thinking maybe this one was a 25 er because we were talking about how this one was originally planned to be a one episode and i'm like oh that's why this one has 25 but actually it was last season at 25 mm-hmm. so yeah. So this one has 24 and then they start going down from there
0: yeah because then seasons they, started getting smaller they started
1: doing like 20 is where i think they kind of fall towards before we get into the
0: the really short ones yeah. yeah
1: so all righty well Join us for the second part,
0: next, which week. is called seven three one. Yeah, inexplicably, Makes- and actually, oh, having seen thanks. it, I can't figure out where they got that number. So maybe okay. when you watch, it'll hit you.
1: Maybe, or maybe I'll just look at the wiki fandom and it'll tell me. I
0: don't know. <laughs> but so. you could do that also. That's that's valid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'll be like, that's stretching it. So, we'll see. <laughs> all right.
0: I want to rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and edited by Lazy M Productions, also known as Nick.
1: That's right. I made this. So be sure to join us next time as we rewatch The X Files Season 3, Episode 10, 731 or 731. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Either way, we're going to try and figure out if the The truth truth is is still out there. there. Trust Trust no no one. one. The truth is what we make of it
1: it and it's Scully and she's like why is the door locked and then she tells him about her visit to the mufon members and how Betsy a right a yeah a gopian yeah okay let me redo that entire sentence because I like don't <laughs> not know what I was talking about.
0: Yeah. I love, love how we can both just start a sentence <laughs> and like we just we just lose it like part way through we're like what the fuck am I saying